Welcome to the family with Taffy Pippen, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brand Bernard, and Melissa Bernard, and Catherine with turds on her pants. <laughs> yeah, she came in with poop on her pants. Is it so really? I think it looks like Jude was sitting on her lap and then he had the little oh, leftover from she, earlier. She came in with snacks and poop on her pants. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good combo. Great. We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. Martin Keller, our special guest, up next with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, it's quiz time. Ooh, I love quiz time. Let me guess. Breck called and they want their diploma back. Easy. I earned that fair and square. In fact, it's right. Ah, well, look what you made me do. Sorry. So what's the question? So you've heard about the new car inventory shortages, right? Yeah, you've mentioned it about a million times. Guess how many 2021 Rogues we have in stock at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan? Mm, seven. Close. The actual number is 209. A lot of Nissan dealers are really low, but we're in good shape for the next month or so. So there's no reason to hurry? That's not great messaging. How about don't dawdle? There's a word you don't hear often there, Monty Burns. Yeah, funny. Anyway, the all-new 2021 Rogue is a great vehicle, and we're lucky enough to have a bunch. We've got great leases, and they all come with Walzer Care, which is a 10-year warranty for free. But wait, there's more. Read this. Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan want your trade and will give you an extra $1,000. That's pretty cool. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or WalzerNissan.com for details. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company, you'll be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. <clears throat> Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. <sighs> Amateurs. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. So far, it's been a shitty day. <laughs> oh my God. Literally, for you, a shitty day. Honestly, it's been like a really stupid morning. Uh, you're fine. I had okay. poop on my pants, we think. What? You don't even talk. You're fine. I got up at 2.30 this morning. Did you get up at 2.30? Got up at 5.50 with my child that wouldn't. 5.50? He woke up, and he was like, can I have my Paw Patrol stuffies? And I was like... They're get, right they're here right in his room. And then he was just like up for an hour, and then he finally fell back asleep. And then Fawn woke up at eight, and then went in her his room, and she's like, "Sage, your clock is green. You can wake up." And woke him up, and I was like, mm. "So we need she a soundproof like, well, child's wing." She's like, "His clock, his clock is green. He can get up." And I'm like, "If he's sleeping, just let him sleep." You are not the authority. Never <laughs> wake a sleeping it is anybody. Early. It reminds me of the behavior of Martin Keller. That's all I know. Hmm? Martin, how are you? Oh, <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Never, you know, I knew you when you were Marty Keller. Now, Big Shot, he's Martin Keller. <laughs> now, yeah, we Keller. go way back. 
We do, and I think you were actually nice to me at times. What the hell was that all about? What, are you trying to ruin your career? Uh, no, I, you know, I, I call them as I see them. Nah, you've always been terrific. Martin Keller, ladies and gentlemen, the book, The Space Pen Club, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, UFO Disclosure, Consciousness, and Other Mind Zoomers. The book is available everywhere. You can check it out, thespacepenclub.com slash book or Star Trek. Oh, there's a news article about it in the old hometown of the Star Tribune. When, when was that? When was it in the Star Tribune? Was it today? Uh, that was an op-ed piece that ran about 10 days before the much-celebrated government report dropped on June 25th. And I want to underscore the word dropped because it dropped like a lead weight. Oh, so that, and that, that addressed which problem or what, what issue? Well, the report was supposed to uh, analyze what these, what everyone is calling UAPs now rather than UFOs. Right. Unidentified right. aerial phenomena, which oh, to me just God. seems completely <laughs> arbitrary. And, and not, not a great distinction, but uh, really there, there wasn't much in the report. It was nine whole pages. Uh, there is, however, a classified section that apparently is 70 pages long, and I'm hoping uh, somebody will leak that soon. Now, how long did it take you to write the book, Martin? You know, I started on this book uh, over 10 years ago, and I set it aside for two years for various reasons. And I tell you, if I had not set it aside, uh, the book would not have come out in the current uh, media environment that we're in. I mean, the subject now has gone from being something you read about in the tabloids at your favorite grocery store at the checkout uh, to being on the front page of the New York Times, right. the Wall Street Journal, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's just been a ton of coverage on it. And I think that's the most positive thing to happen with this government report, despite the report not really saying much of anything. You know, it's amazing to me, Martin, and this, this would tie in with it. Uh, I've been talking a little bit about this lately, the fact that people believe what they want to believe they don't care about facts they don't care if somebody's just lying to them they believe it and that has to do with religion with politics with ufos with what they believe what they want i don't care how much truth and, and honesty and proof you've got they don't care they're going to believe what they want to believe. how did, have we always been like that martin well that's a that's a tough question to answer I me mean, i yeah. think People have their own uh, preconceptions of how the world works or doesn't work, and this is a subject that there's so much craziness around it. Uh, I'm yeah. a fairly level-headed person, but I've been interested in this my whole life, literally since I was in high school. Had two sightings, two events, oh. I call them, with high school friends, and then uh, fast forward to the early 90s, I became... Dr. Stephen Greer's publicist, who founded the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, otherwise known as C-SETI, and their whole thing is human-initiated contact, close encounters of the fifth kind. And we had quite a few adventures through the 90s, and, and many of those are captured in the book. So this, you know, this is a subject that's it's uh, it's complex, and then at another level, it's not. I mean, you know, these objects have been studied, researched, and covered up for over seven years by governments all over the all over the world. And you can go to any number of websites, good, bad, and ugly, and, and find out information. But you know, I always say get a second opinion because there's a lot of disinformation out there. Oh, yeah, and that's all subjects, as a matter of fact. I never did understand, some, from the time I was a little boy, and people would just take these hardline stances, as I said, on politics or religion or whatever have you. And I asked my, my dad, because I think I was seven years old, he was still around for ten more minutes, but I asked him, I said, Dad, do different people see different things? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, the only way they could come up with com two completely different solutions to a problem they just don't see the same things that I see or you see. Then he thought about that for a while, and he got back to me on. He goes, yeah, I think you're right. I think their perception is, is their perception, and you're not going to change it. People see different things differently, and, they're, man, they're hard to talk out of it. I think that's right, and this is a, an arena where 
you know, there are a lot of misperceptions. Yeah. You know, my younger brother called me from Florida in in June at about nine in the evening, and he was beside himself uh, because he was outside with his wife right outside of Pensacola watching a fleet of uh, lights move across the sky. And he, I think he thought the mothership was coming in for them. <laughs> and as soon as he described them, the way they moved, that they were all synchronous, you know, synchronistically moving uh, in, in uniform in one direction, and they were in a straight line, I said, oh, that's got to be those satellites launched recently by... Uh, Elon Musk, so oh, right, yeah. Elon Musk. So uh, I knew right away, but I let him have his his mothership moment, and uh, we moved on. Well, like Pensacola's got a few uh, airships coming in and out themselves. It's an air base down there. So oh yeah, the military I think has four or five uh, installations right. down there in that area. But as soon as he described the way they moved, I went, "Yeah, those are the Starfle- Starfleet. They're the Starlink satellites that were launched." Oh sure. Yeah, matter of fact, I saw a video of that, and it did, it did look like streaks of light in the sky. It definitely did look like he, he, the way he described it. But yeah, that's exactly what it was. I, so I grew up in, in an era when my my father believed in a lot of that stuff. My mother believed in none of it. So it was kind of a confusing childhood because I got two different, completely different takes on uh, on the same issue. I've never seen. Well, I may have seen a ghost, I'm not sure, because my great-grandmother appeared at the end of my bed one night, and I was, you know, looking at her. I didn't talk to her, but I looked at her, and then I found out the next morning she had died the, the day earlier. So I guess, wow. if I've, I guess I've seen a ghost. I didn't know it, but she was yeah. standing at the end of my bed, and I, whatever. I've never seen a UFO. I've, I don't get to see anything, Martin. Do you think I should get out of the house once in a while? You, you need to get out more, Tom. <laughs> I do, I really <laughs> Seriously, do. I mean... Knock off that two thirty in the morning wake up call and uh, oh, you know God. go out on the town once in a while or out into the into the uh, into the dark areas where you can watch the night sky. So Martin, here's my question: what, Whether there are UFOs, there are not UFOs, or whatever. Why would I fight it? I I just go by you know the the evidence, the proof that I have. I've never seen one. Doesn't mean they don't exist just because I haven't seen one, right? Well, there's, you know, there's uh, an embarrassment of of riches in terms of site documented sightings, and that was that was a quote from uh, J. Allen Hynek, who headed Project Blue Book. And Hynek's an interesting guy. He started off as a hardcore scientific skeptic who doubted these things were real, and by the time he had uh, made his way through the Blue Book files and cases that he analyzed uh he became a confirmed uh believer and uh, said yeah these things are real and, and uh, we need to look at them figure out what they are and you know this was 40 50 years ago so uh, nothing's changed there's probably just more information in in the files like blue book so uh it's a, it's a no-brainer i mean there's a one of my favorite quotes in the space pen club book is is from uh, 1927 from a British geneticist and biologist by the name of J.B.S. Haldane, who said the universe is not only stranger than we suppose, but it's stranger than we can suppose. So, I mean, that was said almost uh, 100 years ago, but I think that's it's as true today as it was then. I mean, there's so much we don't know about, but I think we can safely say and even this new government report says that uh, yeah there's uh, there are UAPs UFOs out there but we don't know what they are but I, I think that's I think that's disingenuous I think they've known what they are since the sure. the 40s and uh, they're not going to release that information do they really have that creature for the longest time or maybe they still do not was it area what is it there's a one. There's is that Area 51, but mm-hmm. somewhere supposedly the United States has a being or had a being. Is it, do you know if there's any truth to that at all, Martin? You know, I I don't know, and I don't get into those uh, <laughs> stories in the book that I can't you know prove or no, disprove. Sure, I, sure. Obviously, I've I've heard tales of that. You know, there apparently there was one in Washington D.C. that was put up in an apartment at the Pentagon, and <laughs> uh, some at Area 51, some in New Mexico oh, at well, uh, yeah. yep. at Dolce. I mean, it's 
Who knows? I don't know. No, I don't know. But, you know, Martin, when you, at night, especially when I was like a young kid sitting around, you know, talking to my buddies and, you know, got late and it got dark, you'd, you'd look up and you'd see all those shining lights, all the stars out there. And to think that you're in this all by yourself was just didn't make any sense to me. There's got to be other things out there, I would imagine. Yeah. No, and that's right. And I think, you know, the new technology we have was the, these new telescopes like Kepler and I think oh, yeah. the new one that's launching soon, Webb, is they're, uh, they're bringing the universe as, as we can perceive it into closer view. And, uh, you know, they're finding stars that are very similar to our star system with the Earth-like planets around them. So it's, oh, it's sure. just a matter of time, you know. And then uh, the question that follows that is, well, how do, how do they get here? And that's that's a complex riddle. Um, I think Dr. Greer had a lot of good thinking around that, and he said they they travel here using uh, technologically assisted consciousness or consciousness assisted technology. In other words, they just use thought and uh, they bypass the uh, the whole space time curvature, the whole space time problem you know we don't we don't have the means to travel like that yet i don't think although some people speculate that we do but uh, generally uh you know that's that's the big question how do they get here from there i want to turn into sparkling little flakes like they do on star trek that's what i want to do the transporter the transporter i want to transport that's exactly Mm -hmm. right um is there a possibility because I've often thought about this, too, that there are beings out there. There are unidentified flying objects or beings or, what is it, UAFs now? UAPs. UAPs. I don't know why they have to keep changing it, but yeah. They, yeah, they keep changing it. To stay relevant. But is there Probably. any, Martin, is there any chance they're taking a gander at us going, I want nothing to do with these people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, is that possible? Well, I'm kind of of the opinion, and I, I raise this in a book a few times, that, that we've been on, under observation for a long time, sure. probably for as long as since uh, humans started to evolve. And, uh, uh, you know, given the war, endless wars that take place on the planet and now the environmental degradation that we face mm-hmm. and the challenges of climate change, uh, you know, we might be in imperil planet i think there's a lot of good information there's a lot of good uh, historical cases of these objects surveilling uh, atomic nuclear atomic sites in fact there's a, a rehash of uh, a minot incident in 1967 oh, that sure. a local researcher yeah. tom Tallinn conducted and they actually uh not only scrambled the launch codes at this one missile silo, but they moved a 20-ton concrete block off the silo site (laughs) with, with, uh, I mean, it's pretty extraordinary, and it's it's highly researched. Uh, It's a really good case. It's a famous case. You know, Minot was about 100 miles away from where I grew up in western North Dakota, where Mm -hmm. I had my sightings, but... uh, they're, uh, you know, I think they're watching us. I think uh, the nuclear age is is a threat not only to us as a planet, but also to them, and maybe to the the fabric of, of space itself. So, I, it's uh, it's probably uh, a situation where we need to be watched. Oh, no question. It's kind of like I feel kind of like that one guy whose name wasn't in the credits that teleports down to a planet because you knew the guy was going to be the first one killed. If your name's not in the credits and you you uh, are sent from the Starship Enterprise down to the surface, you had about 10 minutes to live, and that was that. It's just the way life worked on Star Trek, man. I, I see they brought back Picard, so I, it would indicate to me that many, many, many people find it entertaining and informative. Uh, the, the space... Uh, stories they just keep coming back and coming back and coming and getting bigger I, th- I think it's bigger than ever right now isn't it Martin well you know this subject has spawned an, a complete entertainment genre unto right. itself not just in movies and television but books And uh, I think the thing that sets my book apart from all the others that are out there most UFO books are about 
UFO cases or they're theoretical, you know, there's somebody's opinions on what this is all about. My book really goes inside that whole culture and, uh, you know, you'll meet astronauts like Ed Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon, who joined the uh, SETI program for a while. Um, there's debunkers, official debunkers, who ran around, tried to discredit UFO researchers. There's uh, other researchers who had strange habits. I mean, it's all, it's all there in the book. There's disinformation agents that we meet, and, uh, of course, there's... Uh, quite a few uh, historical cases cited, like the Minot one I just mentioned. Absolutely. We're talking to Martin Keller about his book. The book's called mm-hmm. The Space Pen Club, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, UFO Disclosure, Consciousness, and Other Mind Zoomers. Um, the upside to this whole thing, if we were more welcoming and, and maybe would open our eyes for a second and maybe believe, is there any chance, I, it, it would seem to me, that if they could travel those distances before we can, they might also have some thoughts or medications or what that could really help us. Why doesn't anybody ever talk about that? Well, I'm starting to see some of that discussion in academic circles, oh, especially okay. with the release of this report. There's been a couple of really great op-ed pieces by uh, some guys, one from Harvard, uh, Avi Leb, and another guy uh, whose name is escaping me, who are discuss are. are you know, discussing that very thing, you know, like the, the possibility that these uh, that these objects and their technology might have for us. I mean, the implications are, are pretty vast. I uh, was lucky enough to get Dan Aykroyd to write a, uh, sure. a rousing endorsement for the book, and he comes right out and says, you know, why are we suppressing this information? Why are we debunking all this really good research that UFO researchers like Greer and many others have done when, you know, these these technologies might make fossil fuels and, and uh, other related things like that obsolete, and we, we, could, we could improve our planet and the standard of living for everybody on it if, uh, if we maybe take the next right step on this. Well, I think the answer to that is they can't make any money from it. That's, that's all we do now. Unless you can make money from something, you're not going to do it. It's disgusting to me, Martin, these people that make money off other people's misery by withholding information. People dying because they withhold information just so they can make more money from it. Yeah, it's, that's, sadly, it's, you're right. That's the uh, way of the world. But, you know, I think there is money to be made. I mean, it, it, yeah. if you can introduce these technologies, somebody's going to have to uh, manage it. Somebody's going to have to regulate it. Um, I don't think it's going to be given away for free. Right. right. In an ideal world, maybe that would happen, but uh, I, I don't foresee it in the short term. Martin, you, in your mind, is there one kind of not, I guess not, I shouldn't say one area, is there a kind of area where you think these, these beings may have come from? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I, I met uh, Sergeant Major Bob Dean, who allegedly had a uh, security clearance when he was stationed in Europe in the 60s, and he had access to a government report called The Assessment, and there were only 15 copies printed, and it was uh, it was uh, an assessment done by some of the leading thinkers of the time from various universities around the world, and the assessment basically said there are, there are civilizations that have been visiting us, plural, not just one, mm-hmm. for a long time. And, and coincidentally, uh, the RAND Corporation, which is, you know, it's they're a conservative think tank, been around forever, kind of on the Tucker Carlson side of the, of the universe. And um, they came out with a non-peer-reviewed study uh, that was released in the 90s, although it had been written in the 60s, and they pretty much had the same, uh, had made the same assessments that there are, are probably hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, spacefaring uh, civilizations that have figured out how to uh, manipulate the time, space, and, and, and travel to planets like ours. And, um, they also bring up the fact that uh, a lot of the historical 
incursions around uh, around missile silo bases were in fact uh, real. So, I mean, there's information out there. You can find the answers to a lot of these questions if if you start doing the digging. And Ackroyd uh, actually pointed out that my book made made as a as a good bibliography because I cite a lot of the, this historical information as as well as a, a lot of personal uh, witnessed events. God, I wish I would have had access to somehow pretend that I was an a, you know an alien to, the, to the, the planet Earth, and just yesterday I could have yelled out, "Hey, Branson, comb your hair for Christ's sake!" <laughs> what do you think, Tom? I thought a lot of people thought you were from a Trelflamador or something. Well, you got that right. <laughs> I think that's true. I, I someday I'm going to have to figure out what that is. Why I, I am so different from Minnesotans, they have a really hard time. But, it, but I, I don't know what the hell that's all about. I don't get it. But maybe someday I will. I doubt it, but maybe someday I will. Martin, can you sp- send another uh, segment with us? Sure. Because I want to get like, like your personal takes, where it started, how old you were, how it started with you, how many, I, I mean, you must have been doing research for years and years and years in this. I want to hear all about that, but we need to take a break, so we'll be right back with you. Is that all right? That sounds good. Martin Keller, ladies and gentlemen, the book, The Space Pen Club, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, UFO Disclosure, Consciousness, and Other Minds. Zoomers, right back with Martin Keller, with the family. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fish and ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. Something good. I need to speak to Kate. We are back. Remind me Catherine. never to bring a product for you guys to sample. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Holy good. What did you expect? You don't want to do that, Catherine. You want to help these what people out. I'm just telling you. It's a small company. Struggling they're good. To I just wish there would have been a so, little bit more. I wish her the up. best of luck in all of her future endeavors. <laughs> wow. So, Martin, uh, Catherine and I just went out to Jackson, uh, Wyoming, stayed at uh, Teton Village. And out there she sees these Kate bars, and Catherine and I both really like them, so she orders a bunch of boxes so she could bring them in to the podcast. 
These people have done nothing but whine about the fact yeah. there are little bits of raisins. Tevin takes one okay, look at the little, box and goes, really, that's the box? They're not little chunks of raisin. These are full-grown They're full raisins. It's a great Which full most raisin. people would be happy about. Hmm? What no? are they? Okay. They're called Kate bars. They're like a Kate's little... Kate's real food. It's a real food, yeah. See, and they're made and... in Wyoming. It's a small company, and it, I mm-hmm. think they're delicious. They they're are. delicious. They are good. But, but here's they're the thing. all like falling out no. of their chairs here's the in thing. revolt. <laughs> if you get a bar that says <laughs> peanut butter dark chocolate, Correct. you open it, Correct. and you think you're going to get dark chocolate chunks. Yes. Instead, they're raisins. I'm outraged. There's no dark chocolate at all. <laughs> well, wait a minute. How about those people like go to a fast food place and get a double cheeseburger and open it up and there's like a bird fetus in there? Well, this is, I feel those people what? right now yeah. were I, very uh, the same minds. There might as well it's be all, bird yeah. fetus. Yeah. Like, oh, well my God. <laughs> get out. Martin, they're delicious. I'm here to tell you, man. They're so Martin, good. Martin Keller. They sound good. <laughs> yeah, they sound really delicious, don't they, Martin? Well, now, I'm you, ordering more. Martin, where'd you grow up in North Eating Dakota? in front of you. I grew up in the uh, Queen City of Dickinson, North Dakota. Oh, in Dickinson, okay. You and Craig you know, Schumacher. Right close to the Badlands and, uh, you know, 40, 40 miles from the state line. That's gorgeous out there, though. Man, is that beautiful. In yeah, the summer. It's gorgeous, but it's also kind of bleak, especially those long winters. I mean, yeah. Man, well, I suppose that's true, yeah. Uh, well, Minnesota's nice, too. For four months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so how old is Martin Keller, a little boy out in North Dakota, out in Dickinson, North Dakota, the hometown of Craig Schumacher, my my buddy? <clears throat> I know Craig. The Schumachers live down the street from us. Did they really? I haven't yep, talked to Craig in a long. block away. You ever talked to him? I haven't talked to him in years. I haven't. I haven't seen Craig in a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's too bad. But in any case, uh, so a nice Jewish boy grew up in Dickinson, North Dakota. What do you think of that action? I like it. Uh, yeah, well, Dickinson was a, was a real melting pot, and I didn't really realize until I left the place. Sure. But, you know, it's there were a lot of different uh, ethnic uh, families there and different religious faiths, but um, kind of a, a hard place, a good place to grow up, but a good a good place to get away from to get as out. well. <clears throat> I suppose that's true. Very quickly, Martin Schumacher telling me the story one day. This is 30-some years ago, about 30 years ago. He goes, man, I wish you'd have been there. I said, why? He goes, I went on a, on a walk. We had a, a first date with a young woman, very attractive young woman. She just wanted to go for a lake or a walk around Lake Calhoun at the time, now Bidet, Makoska. Wants to go walk around Lake Calhoun, and he, he starts laughing. I said, what, what's the deal? He said she was kind of a, even a bit morose. She was just kind of really sheltered and just kind of sad. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, and I quote, I'm really worried about the hunchback whales. <laughs> okay, well. I it, think that would have been the end of the date for me. I'm pretty sure it was for him, <laughs> the too. The, the hunchback. Although maybe, maybe she was just being funny. I don't, I think she was trying to be a hipster and it didn't work out. <laughs> Didn't quite work out. Okay, so young Martin Keller, how old are we when we first start thinking about or talking about UFOs? Well, you know, my best friend, uh, Jim, J.R., who's also got another nickname, Zod, in the book, uh, he and I used to read the UFO uh, magazines, uh, I think from, you know, 7th or 8th grade through high school. So, you know, we were always interested in it. I used to do sky watches with my neighbor next door. We had binoculars, Ooh. the whole thing. I mean, we were we were dialed in at an early age, and then uh, Jim and I had a and two other friends had a, a fairly good sighting of a, of an object right uh, maybe a quarter of a mile from our high school one cold February night when we were at a, a basketball game. We ran outside without our coats on, and like, oh wow, look at that, look at that! And somebody said, no, oh, let's get in, our, let's get in my car and go check it out. And I think I was the idiot who poo-pooed that. And I said, no, we're outside here without our coats, and it's a, it's a good game. Let's go back inside. I said, besides, you know, that was the week um, that there were a lot of objects reported in the news on the radio and television and in the new, local newspaper. And I said, this is the kind of thing everybody's been seeing throughout western North Dakota this week, and, the, and there's one in our backyard. So we went foolishly went back into the game. 
but uh, Jim and I had a had a more uh, dramatic encounter in the park behind his house one night when we were walking to a uh, student council meetings because we were big men on campus and we were student council officers. And a red object came down from uh, this butte. It was it was called Rocky Butte Park. It was the highest point in Dickinson, which is, is not saying much because it's out out there on the Great Plains, sure. flat flat as a tabletop. But this object came down from like the summit of the butte, and it hung in the air about ten feet from us, and we were Ooh. mesmerized by it. And we didn't know what it was. We didn't know what to make of it. Um, Jim said to me, what do you think it is? And I, I sort of blurted out, it's the devil, because it, <laughs> it was red, and we're good Catholic boys. And, sure. uh, you know, that's all that's all we had on it, and, and uh, eventually the thing just uh, disappeared. But, you know, it was, it's not the kind of thing you expect when you're walking to a student council meeting at, at 7 o'clock in the evening, and all of a sudden this thing's kind of looking you in the face yeah it makes sense where was it? there was a deputy sheriff was that in north dakota a deputy sheriff that saw a bunch of different ufo appearances was that north dakota or was i don't know you know there's a famous case with a sheriff in minnesota and i'm trying right, to think right. where that was <laughs> that's the case that it seems like the newspapers dig up every every five years on the on the anniversary date of that sighting but that that was pretty well uh, documented. It seemed like the real deal. Why do you think that some people want to fight unidentified flying objects and aliens? I mean, I don't. I grew up Catholic myself. I'm a nice little Catholic boy. I will not eat panfish to this day because of Fridays. But in any <laughs> case, um, I don't understand fighting the whole thing. Instead, just oh, there's no such thing as that. Why would I take? Why would I strike that post? Take that position? First of all, how would I know? And secondly, why wouldn't I want there to be something? Does it scare people too much? I think maybe back in the uh, 40s and 50s when these things started to become more visible, <clears throat> also right around the time where, you know, we detonated the first atomic bomb, uh, there yeah. were quite a few more sightings of these objects, which tells me, like, oh, well, they're looking out for our welfare and maybe their own. Um I, I I don't know. You know, we we live in a pretty militarized uh, society, and it's it's you know, the old what Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex. Right. They have uh, huge budgets. They have huge programs on the drawing board, and uh, I think you know a lot of the thinking around this is that if these things are out there and they're visiting us, we, we need to, and they, they appear to be a national security threat. And you heard a lot of that, that talk when this report came out with different congressional people that have been briefed on it. Uh, you know, that, that narrative gets right into the wheelhouse of, of, uh, you know, where we are as a society and as a, as a huge, as a country that has spends, you know, what is it? almost a trillion dollars a year on on uh, on military hardware mm-hmm. and deployment etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know it's 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 something that we have to i think face at some point and just say enough is enough and and if these objects are actually trying to reach out to us for our betterment uh you know our response has not exactly been on point so um <clears throat> That's one thing Dr. Greer always emphasized, and that's one thing that I, I think I took away from my uh, seven or eight years that I spent with him is that, you know, we have to factor in the point of view of the of the ETs or whatever you want to call them and and, uh, and look harder at maybe we're not giving the right response to their uh, showing up in our skies. Yeah, I don't understand why, you know, just because I don't know what it is mean doesn't mean it's bad. I, I I never I've never seen a UFO or anything appear in the sky like that. It does. I, so I don't run around telling people why oh, it doesn't exist. I, just because I've never seen one. Well, just because I've never seen one doesn't prove anything. And I, if I did see something, I would go, well, that's fascinating. What's this all about? 
what good could come of it, what bad. Could, I mean, just, don't you just kind of evaluate everything, kind of weigh it, and go, hey, you know, if it if it's existing, that's probably a good thing. Well, I think it is. Although, if you talk to uh, people, and there's a, a few people in my book that, that show up who had uh, the alleged abduction experience, oh yeah. And, uh, scoop marks from their leg, etc. You know, they're not going to say, oh, well, that was a totally benign experience for me, because sure. no, it wasn't. It terrified the hell out of me. And I, I don't appreciate that, and I don't agree with an assessment that they're non-hostile, although it would seem to me that any civilization that can can get here from a, from a distant part of the universe mm-hmm. and has been doing so for a long time probably is not doesn't have a net hostile intent with with what uh, what they're finding down here but uh, you know it's a, it's a challenging issue and uh, like I said always get a second opinion vet the information you're reading uh, there's a, you know a ton of videos you can watch on on YouTube you have to be discerning about <clears throat> which ones are, are real or where they come from and and, uh, you know, find out whether these are, are hoaxed or if it's the real deal. So, no, Martin, you got to take this one with you. Jonathan Winters, many, many, many years ago, probably, God, I would say 50 years ago, <clears throat> did a bit on one of his, al- one of his albums about a, a, an American man spotting a UFO and a UFO landed and blah, blah, blah. So the uh, reporter comes and interviews him. I don't know if you've ever heard this story before, but I loved his response. Well, his character, they, they come and talk to him, and the guy says, uh, So, sir, would you tell us uh, what happened when you saw this unidentified flying object? What, what were you doing when you saw the UFO? And I was a pause. He goes, Well, I was taking the beer cans out to the garbage. And <laughs> 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 Which I thought was brilliant comedy, but, you know. He was one of the best. Uh, he was indeed. Martin, are you going to be on the morning show uh, with your book? Uh, I'd be happy to. Yeah, Let's please. Set it up. I will, uh, I, I will talk to the powers that be, and we'll get that taken care of, Candace. Because uh, I'd love to talk to you on the morning show about it as well. Like I said, I don't really have an opinion because I've never seen one. I don't know if there are or if there aren't. I don't argue against it or for it. If it happens, let's see what happens, right? Well, you know, general um, twining back in the... 47, this was from a classified memo, he said, uh, you know, they're not of this world, uh, and that the phenomena reported is something real and not visionary or fictitious, and he went on to describe the extreme rates of climb and other characteristics that match the recorded capabilities of the objects recently released in this, in the uh, naval footage that everyone's been looking at, the yeah. so-called Tic Tacs, which I think they they look more like TikTok videos because they're right. really poor quality. You can't really discern what's happening. I think they were shot on infrared cameras from these Navy pilot uh, planes. But uh, it, you know, the the information is out there. It's it's just it, it's time to move forward with this and, and quit stalling it out and and do what we need to do on it to, to take it to the next level. we got to be able to make money, though, Martin, otherwise they'll ignore it. <laughs> I can guarantee well, that. We can all get we can all have our own podcast. Sir. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like it. That, that works. Well, hey, that's, that's a very good point. Martin Keller, ladies and gentlemen, the book's called The Space Pen Club, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, UFO Disclosure, Consciousness, and Other Mind Zoomers. Martin, I will uh, ask, uh, I'll ask Candace to reach out to you. Andy, you got his information, obviously. Uh-huh. I'll pass that along to her. And Martin, I'll talk to you on a morning show very soon. Hey, Tom, thanks a lot. I look forward to the next discussion. Well, sounds good to me. Thank you, sir. Have All right, day. buddy. See you later. Bye. Martin Keller, ladies and gentlemen, he was one of the writers at the Star Tribune, was always a pretty decent guy. I mean, if I if I did something he didn't care for, he'd write about that, but then he wouldn't just go, oh, what a horrible what human being. What could you ever have done that he wouldn't care for? No. I know, it's hard Perfection. to believe. <clears throat> hard to believe that all I do is give, 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 and some people just turn on me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, try to give a bar. 
But we did lock it in uh, that if the UFOs land and the uh, aliens get off and they're white, they're automatically racist. One thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yes. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, will be, yeah, there will be there will be a march and a protest. <laughs> protest. John yeah, Thompson is that his name? John Thompson. Yep. He'll lose his front aliens. license plate again, and mm-hmm. he'll oh, say the aliens God, that took it. That guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that your cousin? Well, okay, we don't have to put all that information <laughs> 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 the <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, no no relation to John John Thompson. Yeah, we had a guest on the morning show this morning. He was a uh, detective from Birmingham, Alabama. His name is Chris Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's a black man in America today. Mm-hmm. I told him that story about the first time I was ever in Birmingham back in 1977, I think it was. I pull over in Birmingham, Alabama <laughs> to fill my car up. You ever been to Birmingham? I have not. There are areas you don't want any honkies showing up in. I will tell you that. That's just a, that's fact, right? But I don't know. I've never been in Birmingham in my life, so I get off the highway. I drive into Birmingham, and I did notice that most of the businesses were closed. So I went, hey, North Minneapolis, mm-hmm. same place, <laughs> same kind of outfit, right? But this also happened to me in Memphis, too, by the way. Not the same time, but that many years later. But I'm filling my car up in Birmingham, Alabama, the gas station. And young urban troubadour walks over to me and he goes, what are you doing? So I'm just filling up my car. And he goes, you got once. I went, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you can fill it up once and then get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, Bur- wasn't Birmingham where a lot of people were shot? There was a bad protest, oh, right? God, right? Yeah. It was oh, a yeah. terrible place to be at one time. Well, that's what Mr. Johnson said. Mm-hmm. He said that the violence in Birmingham is way over the top. Yeah. Like currently, or like back? You're talking all about back the, in the day. throughout history, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, throughout it. But Martin Luther King, I mean, that's a pretty good yeah. uh, figurehead for you, right. I would think. Well, that's like the hotel out in Denver that just got. Right? Oh yeah, these guys got arrested for having all these sixteen long guns. Yeah, what happened? What they, I didn't hear this. They some like maid was cleaning a room and saw all these guns and ammunition in a hotel room, and it was in a balcony overlooking like the. Downtown, like Coors Denver, Field. yeah, Coors Field, whereas the MLB oh. is having their All Star game this weekend. Right. Oh my and god! So they, and god. Like, yeah, and the guy, the, the guy, like posted on Facebook, like I'm going out with a bang or something like that. And yeah, so they, like unraveled this suspected plot to be a master. Because he just left a bunch a of medals. It doesn't sound like a very guns out for yeah, base smart to see. Guy. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like 16 well, guns. How are you going to hide that in the hotel room? Well, yeah. And like it was like Under over the a thousand. Bed the it was like over no, a thousand no. rounds and stuff. Thousand there rounds we go. Ammunition. 16 guns, a thousand rounds of ammunition, and body armor. Body armor, by the way, is illegal. Eek. Yeah. yeah. And so. there were all four were felons, right? All four of the men were yeah, felons. and they got well, was, I think it was three men and a woman, and they had like a bunch of drugs and stuff, so they got them on like. Possession with intent to well, just got got seventeen thousand yeah. different felonies. Yeah, yeah. They, what they, the hell? It was a disaster. It's an interesting mix too. Uh, <laughs> interesting well, Platt, I think that's like what English, and then there's two Hispanics, and mm-hmm. then there's a Hawaiian. A Hawaiian, yeah. yeah it's a very a multicultural yep. group of lunatics. Yeah. Well, no that. black or white yeah. people. It's all well, was, the most shocking part was that it wasn't just for white people, because that's usually who Oh, got here the we oh, go. Okay. I don't want to stereotype, but generally... You don't want to, but I just did. We're going to just put it out there. <laughs> I forgot about, uh, well, that John Thompson and Man Boy Lover. What are those two guys? What was his name? John? Wasn't Thompson? Man, what? What? What was his name? John... Nambla. <laughs> the Nambla guy? Yeah, Nambla. That's, that's a thing. No, 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 no. John... The shooter in Washington D.C. Remember the long-range shooter? He had a young kid with him. Oh, uh, uh, what the hell was his name, John? I don't know what you're talking well, about. Some Americans I know. do have short-term memories, don't we? <laughs> the D.C. sniper? Yeah. Oh, uh, John Muhammad. John Muhammad. There you go. Well, I've never heard of this. Man, boy, love. <laughs> no, the kid's name was like. What was the kid's name again? He had a kid. Yeah, the kid he had a young teen with him. Let's see. What the hell was his name? It was like Man Boy Love or something. His something name like was that. Man Boy Love. I, probably uh, not. It's a really bad thing to name your I kid. I really hope not. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Might lean a little uh, heavy, but you yeah. know. Should be. Okay. Uh, it was a Jamaican child named Lee Malvo. Yeah, I mean, close. You were, Lee Malvo. That's really close to me. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Now listen to me. His name was Carter. It was, his name was what? Malvo? John. Lee Malvo. Lee yeah. Malvo. But apparently if you rearranged his name... Yeah, and oh. added some. Well, yeah, that works with a lot of names. Like, like hey, Muhammad. My man name's boy Tevin, love. but if you rearrange letters and Nothing. ads and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nevin, man You boy. can get, yeah. you know, psychopath. I said Nevin. <laughs> you heard me. Well, his middle name is Boyd. 
See, so there's oh, boy right oh, there. There it is. Man boy love. I and hate when you do that. Oh, oh my yeah, goodness. You could almost spell man boy love ah, with his name. Okay. Right, okay. Right, Take it home right. with you. Once again, Tom delivers the real info. I'll be back next Monday. And you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, ever since the massacre in Vegas, I would mm. think maybe... Housekeepers should be watching for you know the, guns all over the like place. Bringing them in, like how do you bring them in to yeah, the hotel? Yeah, sixteen long guns. You know, how do you get like, them in there? How do you? There was no suspicious. Yeah, you think bags. front desk I mean, activity. Well, I have a feeling this isn't the most reputable hotel in the world. It's probably not a Maybe. double tree. It's probably you know like. Yeah. Uh, well, well, crazy like, Jerry's discounts. If it's downtown, crazy and, Jerry's. If it's downtown and tall enough to like look over the stadium, yeah. the stadium you think it's got to be yeah, somewhat like, yeah. high end. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. Well, let's see here. Although there a lot of stadiums aren't in the most high end areas. Yeah, this true. was. It just says downtown hotel. I don't think they want their. Well, they probably don't want yeah. And the Orange Bowl. I was kind of surprised that they actually like called the police because normally like. People see stuff and they're like, ah, whatever. Like, they don't really think about it. So it was, like, nice to think that they yes, took the time absolutely. to alert somebody and they actually called he the police. He needs a medal yeah. of honor Well, there was evidence that people in that country music shooting at the ho- the hotel, like, people had seen him moving the weapons in and just didn't care. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time, the bystander effect. People are just like, it's not my problem. Yeah, and especially if you think, like, oh, most people in the world are decent, so they're probably not going to do anything like, bad. Well, and also, yeah. you know, doing something in plain sight, it yeah. doesn't, you know, yeah, if you're it's not like somebody sneaking to... around in ninja yeah. outfits. They're probably you know? going to do a convention. <laughs> a little different. Ninja outfits. <laughs> you're not 30 yet, are you? Leaning against no, the wall. You know how I know you're not 30 yet? Why is that? Because you still believe most people are really decent. Oh, no, I don't believe that most people are really decent. I'm saying that oh. generally I think most people Jaded already that. before 30. No, well, I'm jaded, that's, what, that's, what, that's what happens when you hang out with Tom Bernard for most of oh, yeah. Well, we'll take a break here. We got Kostaki Economopolis coming up in the next hour. You hate everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah I equate. All right. That's your responsibility. Yeah. That's yeah. from you. That's how you. Oh, I, yeah, that's I got you to hate Yeah, that's on your conscience, so. I'm racist, that's why. Oh, no, 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 I didn't say racist. You just hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to get, you've tried to get me to believe race. that for my whole life, and I still don't. What? So, that everyone sucks. I never Not said everybody, that. everybody, just 80%. <laughs> no, 98%. <laughs> Here right. we are. Well, we got to take a break here. We'll be back with our two... What, what was it again? Nitwit? What was it? Nit- Your Nit- name back. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, Nevit. Nevit. Nevit Namtit. I like <laughs> Nitwit better. Nitwit sounds much better. Nevit Namtit sounds like a character from Harry Potter. It totally <laughs> does. It does. Nevit Namtit. Yeah. Uh, in any case, back with Tevin and Kostaki will be with us in the second half of the uh, next segment. We'll be right back. <laughs> 